Hey guys, this is Colin and Jamie calling you from uh, Hermosa Beach. We've had the heat wave like everybody else here in Southern California or I don't know, across the country. It's been quite warm even here at the beach, um, but we'll take it as a blessing because we're having our summer in spring or or fall, as you say. Um, so we'll take it because we had a very cool and cloudy summer here at the beach. Anyway, today is an important uh, call or radio show today because we're going to talk about phase three, which is um, what I consider one of the most important phases of the HPG diet. This is the stabilization phase. This is where the goal is to reset the hypothalamus gland so we can actually uh, resume normal life and, and not have that worry in the back of our head about regaining the weight. Um, like with everything, though, in this protocol, there is a method to the madness. That's what we want to do. We want to try and break it down to you. So for those of you that are in Phase 3, and all of you will be going into Phase 3 at some point in time or have been there, um, this hopefully will help you uh, implement it and actually lock in that hypothalamus. So I want to recap, if you don't know what phase three is or where it comes, where it comes into the protocol, for those of you who may just be on the call and just hearing about the ATG for the first time, um, with the ATG protocol, there are four main phases that we deal with. And uh, phase one is the gorging phase, which is a phase that I call that you actually are um, showing HCG, uh, this, you know, giving it a signal to where you store your, where you store your abnormal fat in your body. Um, then you have phase two, which is the longest phase, which can last anywhere from 26 to 43 days, which is the low-calorie diet phase. That is the actual slimming phase, where you actually lose the weight. Um, and then you have phase three, which is the stabilization phase, which is designed to actually uh, reset your new weight set point and lock it in so you don't have to worry about gaining weight from the, from the time that you're, you get your end weight. And then phase four is where you go back to normal eating and you'll define for yourself what normal eating will look like at this stage of the game. Um, some people wonder what normal eating is and they wonder if they're ever going to be able to eat the foods they love. But the ironic thing about it is once you have gone through this protocol, the things you thought you loved so much and couldn't live without, you find that many of them you no longer desire. Um, so it is a lifestyle change, and with, it, with any great accomplishment comes a great deal of responsibility. Because you are going to learn throughout this protocol um, some of the things. You're going you're to discover your, your um, triggers. You're going to discover your emotional eating habits. You're going to discover what you can live without and what you thought you couldn't live without before. You're also going to uh, discover that there are a lot of uh, things in the foods that you've been eating previously to this point that got you fat in the first place that you want to retire <laughs> and leave them alone. So with that said, I'm going to go into the uh, uh, phase three. I wanted to talk about why this is so, why phase three is so important, and uh, Janie, chime in anytime. Well, because you basically, you know, all of us who have suffered with a weight problem, we all have the same um, disorder, if you will. We all suffer from the same problems. And there's four basic physiological differences between those of us that end up in the overweight or obese category and those people that you see, that, which we call the lucky people, that actually can eat whatever they want in whatever quantity they want and they never seem to gain weight. There's, this, there's a distinctive difference between the two and, you know, the fact that you've gained this weight is partially your fault, but not all of your fault. And I want to break that down because it does let us off the hook a little bit without beating ourselves up that we completely poisoned ourselves, that we have this disorder, and this disorder was brought about by basically the foods we eat and the, you know, the, the uh, chemically uh, altered foods, the organically altered foods that make us fat. But what those four things are that when you are suffering from an obesity disorder, you tend to have simply experience real hunger. It's not, you're not experiencing emotional, you know, you know, temporary phantom hunger that some people experience. 
you actually physically are hungry, which will, t will, tend, which will make you tend to eat more than the average person. The second um, part of this disorder is that your metabolism is now slower than the average person or it's not normal. A normal metabolism will actually burn the calories you eat, dispel them as energy, and will not be stored as abnormal fat. Um, another part of that disorder is basically that uh, the uncontrollable urge to eat even when you're not hungry. And people, you know, you say, well, that's your emotional eating, and part of that is, because that triggers it, but it's also something chemically going on in your body that makes you think that you're hungry and you're staring in the blank cabinet, knowing that physically you're not starving, but emotionally you feel like you're starving, and that's still something chemically going on in the body. And then lastly, you're basically your body stores fat abnormally, abnormally. In other words, that person that you see out there that has the ability to eat whatever they want, their body does not store fat. It actually takes the calories, takes the fats, takes the carbohydrates, burns them up, liquefies them, puts them into energy, and it goes on its way, and it actually does not get stored. For the rest of us that have this disorder, the body's going, your body cannot, your metabolism cannot burn the calories you eat. It doesn't matter how little those calories are. If you, there's, you know, just, there's actually obese people that actually do not eat a lot of food and yet they still tend to gain weight. You've heard people say that they walk past, a, you know, a piece of cake and they put on three pounds. I mean, it sounds, I mean, it's a joke, but it's actually there's, there's some sort of um, realism to that because of the fact that your metabolism is so slow that basically it doesn't matter what you eat, no matter how healthy you eat, you still can gain weight. So any diet on the planet that does not address the issue of this disorder and does not um, does not come and actually try and correct this disorder is where you're going to find the weight gain. And this is where you're going to find that people judge the success of their diets not based on how much weight they lost, it's how much weight they didn't gain back. So what we're going to do is give you some, you know, give you some science and some tips and some tricks of how you can actually reset the hypothalamus gland correctly and put yourself in a position to put this worry behind you for the rest of your life as long as you're willing to do a few things because, like I said, it's just not magic. You do have to participate. So with that said, one of the things that you're looking to do in phase three is that you now have to stabilize your weight. And what that means is that there is a two-point rule, two-pound rule that means you cannot gain or lose two pounds within a 21-day period. And people often ask, well, if I want to continue to lose weight, I haven't lost all the weight I want to lose, I still plan on doing another phase, why do I want to stabilize my hypothalamus gland? And the point is, if you do not reset your hypothalamus gland at that point, after losing all that weight, it's only going to remember your previous weight set point, which means that if your body's going to constantly want to go back to what it knows, that means you're going to be fighting against it to keep the weight off. So by following some very simple rules and some very simple, simple principles, we're going to walk you through that process. You have any answer? Okay. So what does that look like? For now, if you've been on phase two of the HCG diet, you, and if you've been following our protocol, our book, you've been averaging anywhere between 550 to 750 calories, um, depending on if you're working out or not working out. And now you're going to, the goal is, is to get your body back up to its uh, normal BMR, its normal basal metabolic rate. And that is the rate in which your body basically burns, uh, converts food into energy and burns calories. Now, everyone has their own, you know, uh, BMR. And to figure out what yours is, we're going to give you some basic guideline formula to do that. But the goal is that you want to find the calorie intake that's correct for your body, and you want to increase your calories gradually over the next 21 days in order to uh, maintain your weight. Now, the biggest mistake that people make when they're in, they go into phase three and they're told, okay, well, now you have no more calorie restrictions. You can eat pretty much whatever you want as long as it's not sugar or starch, which is the, you know, the two major restrictions in, the, in phase three have any, any sugar starts, that they go, okay, and they start piling on the things they love, like my favorite, peanut butter, nuts, um, dairy products, all of which tend to be very high 
um, high caloric foods, food groups, that's what, and fatty food groups. And so what happens is, is that without a certain guideline, your body gets shocked when being, being at 500 calories or 650 calories or 700 calories for the last 43 days or 26 days, depending on which protocol you're on, and all of a sudden you start increasing it at, you know, um, alarming rates, your body does not know what to do with those calories, and it's going to do the only thing that it's been taught to do, and that is start to try and restore those calories as fat, and you're going to watch the scale increase rapidly. And this is the biggest stress that, caused, that, that people are caused when they go into phase three. They walk into phase three with, you know, concern, worry about gaining weight, and we're believers in whatever you think about, you bring about. But if you implement some simple rules, you'll be able to do this safely and, uh, and actually quite pleasantly and not worry about that. So this is what it looks like. So if you're, for 21 days, you're now going to gradually increase your calories. So if you are a woman, for example, and you don't have to worry about writing this stuff down, but this will be a podcast uh, later on this afternoon. You can just go back to this same channel and, um, and just click the iTunes, and it will be downloaded to iTunes. But if you're a woman that finishes protocol, for example, you're now, you finished your last day of phase three, and you weighed in at 145 pounds, for you to get your basic metabolic rate, you would basically take your end weight, multiply, multiply that by 11, and that would give you your maximum daily calories that you could ingest without, actually to maintain your weight. So when you're taking in the amount of calories that you, that you need to maintain your weight, if you eat within that calorie range every day consistently, you would pretty much keep your weight. And, it doesn't, and it, at that point, it really wouldn't matter what the quality of food was as long as the calorie in, calorie out intake was lower, low enough so you didn't gain weight. With the, on the flip side of that, if you increase your calories consistently over that maximum daily intake, you would gradually see a gain. And if you actually cut your calories below that uh, basic um, calorie count, daily calorie count, you would continue to lose weight. So the goal is to find out what that magic number is for your body. So you would take your end weight times 11. Now, this is a general rule. It's not an exact science, um, but yet it works very well. And then you would take that. So that would come out to basically 1,600 calories. And now you would gradually increase those calories. So what that would look like for you Say you were ending the protocol, you ended it at 650 calories. Then for that first week, the first seven days of the 21 days, you would now take go from 650 to 1,000 calories, okay? Maybe a little under 1,000 calories, 900 calories. And you would maintain a daily calorie intake of 900 calories, just like you did when you were on the protocol, maintaining the 550 to 750, depending on your exercise you're making. So it's kind of doing the same thing, but now you're able to increase your calories. Now, obviously, what, what you choose to increase your daily uh, menu with could make a difference if, you, if that's a lot, a lot more food or just an extra two, you know, two tablespoons of peanut butter, you know. So for that first seven days, you're now going to increase it, and, and now your body is going to get used to you taking in that 900 calories. When you enter into now week two of your phase three, now, within that week one, you would have now noticed the scale is going to, you know, fluctuate daily. But until that scale gets to two, two pounds, one ounce, you're not concerned about any weight gain that you have. So anything under two pounds is just fair game. Same thing with going down. Anything below two pounds is fair game. Okay? So in week two, you're going to... Now move your, move your calories up another, say, 500 calories, or actually another 300 calories. So now in week two, you're going to be hitting around 1,200 to 1,300 calories. And as long as you're maintaining, you can have whatever fruits and vegetables you want. You can have um, whatever protein sources you want. Now there's no restriction on if it's salmon or white fish or if it's chicken or beef. I mean, it doesn't matter if it's pork. It doesn't matter if it's raspberries or strawberries or blueberries, there's no restriction there as long as you're not having sugar and starch. Now, for those of you who don't know what a starch is, you'll find starches in the grains. 
So wheat and flours and pasta and potatoes. These are, these are starchy foods that you must stay away from in phase three. And any kind of refined sugar. So you're basically pretending like you're on phase two, can't have any sugar, and it, it starts, and you're going to continue. As you move into week three, and your body's now still stabilizing below that two-pound mark, um, you're going to now increase your calories to your maximum daily calories of 1,600 and finish out the week. Once you have successfully completed the, the introduction of these new calories, this new calorie count and the new foods, you will find your body is now reset its hypothalamus. Now, given, this is given what Simeon said, the bottom line is it takes 21 days to reset the hypothalamus gland. And what that means to you could be absolutely huge because resetting the hypothalamus gland means that you are now have rid your body of this obesity disorder. You are technically like the person that could eat whatever they want and they, they lost weight or they maintained their weight because your body is now burning the fuel. Your metabolism is up to normal now. And a normal metabolism to somebody who has got a low metabolism looks like, you know, driving a, a, you know, a, a Volkswagen to a Ferrari. Both will get you where you got to go, but one will get you there a lot faster and it's going to burn a lot more fuel. So that's the goal that you want to do, you want to get to. And a lot of people don't really realize and don't take this phase seriously, but yet they'll take the weight loss uh, seriously to phase two. When it comes to phase three, this is where a lot of reports from coaching clients and just people that I'm at blogs that this is where they suddenly let go. And ironically, this is the worst place that you want to let go because all the hard work that you put in to get down to where you want to be is set in 21 days, and all you got to do is just follow this very simple process. Now, I also call, and for men, it's the very same, very same um, um, system, except for now the, the multiplier is going to be times 12. So if you were, if you were a man who finished your protocol and um, you basically would take your end weight and do the same thing, and if you were saying you were a man that finished your protocol and you ended your weight, an example here, what I'll do with it, um, ended your weight at 108 pounds, you basically would take that and multiply it times 12, and that would be your maximum daily calories, um, giving you roughly around 2,500 calories. You would do the same thing, week one, 1,200 calories, eating all the foods you want, all the combinations you want except for sugar and starch. Week two, bringing up to 1,600, 1,700. And then week three, reaching your, your maximum daily calorie intake. Now think about this. This is basically the, the formula that's going to actually keep your weight stabilized even, even through phase four, which we'll get into next week, um, by playing with the calorie intake. And I'm going to show you next week on how you actually can, you can actually play with the calorie intake and have, have indulgences um, go out and party like a rock star one day and actually come back and bring that into line the next day. And we'll talk about that. So, you know, I also call phase three the, you know, muscle building phase because this is where we saw the most impact on our transition. Now, Jay and I, you know, from day one, you know, chose to break the rules, which ended up being to our benefit by not following the rhetoric about exercise and the ACG diet. And no one ever really bothered to read the protocol but listen to the feedback they were getting from the forums and it kind of like a virus, it kind of spread. So people were under this, this misnomer that while on the protocol, the only exercise you could do was walk, casual walk for an hour a day. Now, I don't know if you, you guys, if you're like me or like we were, that I didn't want to be a skinnier, flabbier version of myself. And any weight loss protocol, no matter how miraculous it is, like this one, if you allow your body to lose muscle, it actually makes it harder to burn fat, and, it, and you can lose muscle very quickly. It's, hard, it's easier to lose than it is to build it. But what happens is you actually slow down your metabolism, slow down your fat-burning furnace, and you actually end up getting softer versus looking firmer and more sculpted. 
So from day one, we, we were on an exercise regimen that we recommend, high-intensity workout, very short time span, but full-body workout. They got, the, they got the muscles pumped. They were toned, not overworked, but gave them enough resistance that they actually sculpted and helped burn more fat. And hence, our results, are look, we look different than the average person that, that finished the protocol. And there was a reason for that. And especially when we got into phase three, well, now there was no real calorie restriction other than those, those increases over the, over the three-week period. But we were now able to manipulate the amount of protein versus carbs we were having and protein and vegetables, increasing our protein intake to a gram of protein to a gram, a gram to a gram and a half a day per pound, allowed us to now lift heavier, beat, um, work out a little bit harder, and actually put on more muscle. Now, even when we, we speak about muscle, sometimes women get a little freaked out and they go, no, I don't want, you know, I don't want muscle. I don't want to look like a bodybuilder. That's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about bodybuilding muscle. We're talking about the muscle that tones your body, that, that lifts your behind up, that sculpts your legs, and that actually pulls in your waist and pulls up your boobs and gives you that figure that most people try to get you. That comes from working the body and working all the muscle groups in, in unison to get them to, to look better. And so we're not talking about building muscle in the, in the form of unattractive muscle to some. We're talking about toning and tightening the body. Also, we talk, people worry about loose skin. And, and even though with ATG your body is shrinking evenly all over at the same time, so there really is a minimized um, a chance of having that loose hanging skin, but also you want to fill the gap between your dermis and your, and your core or your skeleton by, by increasing that muscle mass. And by doing that, that tightens the skin all over the body. If you ever notice that you had, if you had a flabby butt and, and loose legs, and as you, as you toned your legs, built more muscle, the skin around your legs looked toned and looked tighter and tightened up. But there's a reason for that. You're actually filling in a gap. So in phase three, it is, you know, the gloves are off when it comes to filling in the gap. Being able to actually increase your activity, increase your, your muscle toning, um, workouts, actually build a strong core and a strong, sexy body. That's, that should be, well, I shouldn't should it be. That would, I think it would be the goal of most people would want to look and feel their best. And if you feel strong and you look strong, you usually are strong and feel healthier. You want to add something in there? So that, that is what phase three looks like in its, in its, you know, a brief overview. We break it down into a little bit you know, more detail in our book, but I wanted to give, you know, give you guys a tool or something that you can refer to and listen to um, when it comes to phase three because it does cause a great deal of anxiety. You know, I was uh, doing a meditation this, this uh, afternoon, and, and a part of the meditation is said, when your glass is full, empty it, and when your glass is empty, fill it up. And it made so much sense to me. And I, when I hear things, I always look back to how, how can I implement that in my weight loss goal or in my dieting or in my coaching. And what came to me was basically we, we came to this journey, we came to the HCG diet or even started looking at it because our, our class is full and it's basically full of, you know, self-loathing and, you know, you know disgust and anger and frustration with ourselves and, and just being unhappy and thinking nothing works and despair and a lot of you know a lot of not not so many really good feelings that come along with feeling how we feel when we're in a body that's not working for us and not optimal. And that means either our health feels bad and you feel tired walking up a set of stairs and you're constantly reminded of how not feeling good doesn't feel good. And so we so what I meant by when I got with from emptying that, we've got to start letting go of the past and start dealing with the present and finding a way to filling that, that, that cup with good stuff. And so one thing about the HCG diet, actually I think any part of, any, any part of life, that the best way to go about phase one, phase two, phase three, and phase four is not 26 days at a time or 43 days at a time or 21 days at a time or even two days at a time in phase two. It's one day at a time. I know it sounds like you know the you know the Alcoholics Anonymous mantra, but in life, really, that's the only thing we can actually really do and have control over is the present. Can't have control of the past, and we don't have any control of the future. 
And the reason why this is important is I get a lot of emails about people that they're two weeks away from phase three. They're not even close to phase three, and they're asking about how they can keep the weight off. They're already worrying about phase three, and they haven't even finished phase two. And so I wanted to add into this podcast and to show, you know, some thoughts about letting go of the past. And that means no more punishing ourselves, talking poorly about ourselves, having guilt about where we, where we put ourselves. Because I want to tell you realistically, where you're at is not your fault. It is now that but once you get here and you have the knowledge that you've, that you've obtained about eating healthy, losing weight, and keeping the weight off, now you have to take responsibility for anything you do from this point on. But for the, what got you here, regardless of what the story is or what the reality is or what the tragedy is, whatever got us to the point where we finally said enough, forgive yourself, let it go, and start one day at a time. If you're doing the protocol, I want you to do the protocol just today. I have a coaching client that, uh, you know, she emailed me and she was kind of stalled for a couple of days and very frustrated. And all she keeps thinking of is that she only had lost 1.4 pounds for the week. I only lost only 1.6 pounds for the week. She was creeping along at a quarter pound here, quarter pound there. It's only one and a half pounds. Only, it's only two pounds. And literally not even embracing the fact that you're still losing weight and that you're still getting, to, getting closer and closer to your goal. And on this protocol, that's going to happen. There's going to be days or weeks that you actually slow down. But then when he said measure yourself, and she had measured how many inches did she lose? Like 20, 26 inches. It was something ridiculous. And when she measured herself for the week, she only lost 1.4 or 1.7 pounds, but lost a total of 26 inches around the, around her entire body. And People don't realize that you're getting results. You're getting um, something good is happening to you every day while you're on this protocol. And by embracing what's happening to you on that day versus what didn't happen or didn't work for you yesterday and what may not work for you tomorrow will make your journey with this protocol much easier. And what happens when you do it one day at a time is that literally you wake up 43 days later and you go, oh, my God, it's 43 days later, and you look in the mirror and you go, oh, my gosh, who is that person? And that's what's kind of cool about just kind of having tunnel vision and staying in the moment. So the same thing with phase three. If you're approaching phase three, I don't want you to even think about phase three until it's to your three days right before you're going into phase three. Those last three days where you're, where you're having no more injections, you're – you're still on the 500 calorie, 600 calorie, 700 calorie diet, whatever protocol you're following, and you're now moving into phase three. All I want you to think about is what's my game plan, and I want you to listen to this this podcast, or if those of you who have our book, take out that chapter and start highlighting what your game plan is going to be. And bottom line is you're going to say, okay, these are what these are what I can't eat, and if you don't know what a carb is, because some people don't know, they put it in their mouth and go, I didn't know, so. Let your fingers in the market and, and, and walking and Google it. If you go to my website at hcbodyforlife.com, I have a, 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 a form there. We call it PDF to talk about what carbs are. I have a, 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 pot, um, a blog post about the dangers of carbs and what they look like. So there, there really isn't ignorance won't be an excuse from the point that you finish phase two and you move into phase three and then you move into phase four. So. Empty your glass of all the crap you've been feeding yourself for all these years. Tell yourself that's over. Forgive yourself and love yourself for the fact that you're here listening to this information. Even if you haven't taken the steps to, to get in your ATG and taking the ATG 26-day or 43-day challenge, the fact that you're listening here means you've already, you're already open to the possibility. And that means you're already moving in the right direction. Right direct. You're already shifted. The shift has already happened. I mean, it's only a matter of time. If you're doing the protocol, give yourself major props for being here and finally taking your life back. And you're doing that in an amazing way. And one thing I love about this, this uh, protocol is that you get rewarded for just loving yourself. And that is getting tangible results, either in pounds on the scale or inches on the tape measure, improved health, you know, lower blood pressure, lower blood sugar. I mean, 
the list goes on. And so I want you to focus on those things. I want you to focus on loving yourself through this program. That's going to be like a mantra for the month coming up, you know, loving yourself through the ATG diet and what that looks like. And that's just basically taking it one day at a time, preparing your foods with love for yourself. Take your time and, and make it taste good and, 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 and make it a pleasurable experience. It will, I think this is the easiest weight loss protocol ever created on the planet. You don't starve. You're not hungry. You're not suffering. You're not cranky. You're not tired. You get, you get instant gratification. You get to eat real healthy food, and you're creating habits that you actually can com- continue to use for the rest of your life. So there's a difference between getting an or, you know, ordering, you're going online or picking up the phone, ordering some prepackaged food to have show up at your door and give you convenience. Great. You open the package, you put it in the microwave, you eat the preservatives, and I won't get on the soapbox about that, but this is the thing. The point is when you're off that diet and you've got to go back to cooking for yourself and preparing your own foods, all of a sudden you go, what am I going to eat? What am I going to do? I'm going to go find convenience. I'm tired today. I'll just go to Jack in the Box. When you have to prepare your foods and you're preparing them with love and you're putting together your chicken breast and you're grilling and you're seasoning and your onions or whatever and you're putting your salad together and your vegetables and you're making that meal for yourself or your family, you are teaching yourself how to live and eat for life and that the conveniences are exactly what a convenience is supposed to be, an occasional, you know, dining out and an occasional stop someplace, you know, hopefully a healthy choice to give yourself sustenance, but you're not being crippled by, by the uh, food industry. Chiming in. No? Okay. My wife's like, you're doing great. Only anything to say. So that's what I want you to think about while you're, while you're doing this. I want you to literally wake up in the morning, get on the scale, look at your weight, whatever it is. If it stays the same, say thank you, God. If you're down three pounds, they thank you, God. If you're if you're up half a pound, they thank you, God, because every single experience you're getting is just information. Okay, it's just information. If you stay the same, I say it's time. If you stay the same for you know three days, you actually get a plateau. I tell people that is a time to celebrate. That means your body is resisting you, but you are going to win the battle and break through a weight set point that you have not broken through in a very long time. That's why your body's resisting you. Once you break through that floor, it's like on like Donkey Kong. So when you get up to a plateau, don't get frustrated. Get happy because that means you're winning the battle. That is a sign that you're winning the battle. If you're losing weight, say thank you, God, and be appreciative for that moment. If you actually gain weight, then guess what? It gives you an opportunity right now to look back at what you did the day before, find out what possible dietary error you made, and correct it. The reason why most of us ended up obese in the first place is because we walked through life unconsciously. We ate foods, didn't weigh ourselves, didn't know what the, what the results were of the day before, the, you know, the out partying or the eating the pizza or the Monday night football game, whatever the case may be. And because of this habit you have now of getting on the scale every morning and checking the results and getting some feedback, getting some information, you're, you're, you don't get to be blind anymore. If you don't get on the scale because you're, you're, you're purposely – not wanting to take responsibility for whatever your choices were the day before, and that's what got you in trouble in the first place. So when I say that you cannot have blinders on anymore, you have to take responsibility for your health from this point on, you're going to lose the weight. The protocol is going to give you the body that you've ever, you always wanted. Now the biggest blessing or curse, whichever way you want to look at it, is that now you have to take responsibility for keeping it that way. So the reason why you guys are so important to Jenny and myself is that we have accountability. Guess what? I got to do a video every once, every couple of weeks, you know, every week or so. I got to talk to you about this protocol. You know, I refuse to be the hypocrite that somehow got in shape a while back and then turned around and just broke my own rules, just preaching to the choir but not following any of them, put on 50 pounds and hide behind a, you know, a, a letter or a blog uh, and, and tell you what to do. We walk our walk every single day. Even the, even the days that we make choices that we probably thought, well, we shouldn't, we still pay the price for it. Actually, Jamie is probably the most disciplined of anyone I've ever seen finish this protocol because of the fact that even though her body does not 
there's, there's no obvious look that she gains any weight. If she sees a mark on the scale that, or we ask her to a certain food, or we go out and have sushi and there's a sodium buildup, whatever the case may be, she will, she will get on her bike or run, go jog, or have an even apple day, and she's no longer on protocol just to maintain the weight she wants to maintain. And that's the discipline that she's chosen to implement for life. And that's, that's, that's okay with her. Now, not everybody's going to want to take those steps, you know, because I just think if you let yourself slip away a couple of pounds here, a couple of pounds there, it's very easily five pounds turns to 10, 10 turns to 20, 10, 20 turns to 30. And the weirdest thing about this protocol, because of the fact that you've lost so much weight all over, you're really going to have to push yourself to mess up what you reset, the hypothalamus gland. But if you choose to do so, and how that's going to happen is by repetitive um, eating calories beyond your daily calorie intake or beyond what you're burning on a daily basis, eating chemically altered foods that actually are now going to force your hypothalamus to break its new weight set point and pushing your body out of whack and start going to that unconscious state of mind where you're no longer taking responsibility. And that's something that you're going to choose. You're going to have to choose today while you're in this protocol that once you reach your goal and you look amazing and feel amazing, that this is the way you want to live for the rest of your life. It's the way you want to feel and look for the rest of your life. And that's the bottom line. That is the bottom line. It is taking responsibility for your results and keeping them. So even though this is the cure to obesity, you got this way, that means it's possible to get this way again. I'm not going to tell anybody that you can finish this protocol, reach your hypothalamus, and never gain weight again because that would be a lie. That is only true if you're willing to take, have a lifestyle change and take responsibility for the quality of food you put into your system and put into your machine and how much you're willing to burn it out if you do have an excess. So we have about 22 minutes left. I'm going to open the lines up for Q&A um, and hopefully spark some questions on this. Try to keep in mind that there's a lot of people on this call tonight. It's a packed line. So please do me a favor. If you have a question, um, get direct to it so we can answer it so everybody can fit in because sometimes we end up talking to one person longer than the rest. And I will try to keep my answers short because I end up sucking up a lot of time, too, because I'm a little verbose. So I have a couple of hands up, and I'm, I'm going to assume that your hands are up because you know how to put them up, and it will have to start to fly up. So I'm going to read off your area code, um, and if there's more than one area code, then I guess if you're able to speak to me, then it's you, and open up the line and give you a, a couple seconds to respond real quick. Okay, so um, the first caller opening up at your area code is 678. You're on the air. Six seven eight 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 seven. That's you. Is your hand up accidentally? Okay. Yes. Oh, go ahead. Is that your ears up accidentally? No, I didn't hear anything. Uh, what What are you calling out? I didn't hear anything. You didn't. You didn't hear anything. You didn't do anything, sir. Did you call out a phone number? Yeah, if you have, if you have an area code 678887, that's your telephone number. Your hand is up. It means you're on the air if you have a question you want oh, to add. Oh, uh, that's when I, I guess I uh, signed in. Okay, so you don't have a, you don't uh, have a question uh, but right I now? Did have a, but I do have a question, though, but I really didn't, wasn't intending to. Uh, I'm on phase two, and what's happening is just like when I get up early in the morning and I weigh myself, I might be like, uh, say, maybe... Um, uh, maybe 169, and then later on the day after I drink water and tea, I'm 170, 170. And then until I go to bed, I might be 170. And then the next morning I wake up, I would have reduced a pound, but all during the day I'll be that same 170. So okay. it's not really holding. It's just for that morning when I, uh, you know, uh, I got instructions first thing in the morning, uh, weigh yourself after you know after you release your uh, bladder and then weigh yourself and then when I start eating then the weight goes up it doesn't stay the same. 
Right. That's a that's a great great question. That's it. You weigh yourself, but when you first get up, you weigh yourself. That is going to be your actual weight for the day. As soon as you start consuming fluids, your body is going to automatically alter your weight, and you actually can go up, you know, as much as two pounds or more throughout the day of fluid and fluid circulating through the body, and then that weight goes up in the nighttime again. So do yourself a favor because this, this can actually be very tormenting to people that weigh themselves multiple times throughout the day. The very first weigh-in when you get in the morning, if you have a scale you trust, this is the scale you started with, you get, in, you get up in the morning, you weigh yourself, that is your weight. You jot that weight down and you stay away from the scale for 24 hours till the next morning. One time a day, oh. weigh yourself. Oh, okay. okay. Right. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, call at 914, area code 403. Use a prefix, you're on the air. Yeah, hello, uh, Colin. Um, I just wanted to say thank you, man. Um, I've definitely um, tried phase two a couple of times, and I've made the mistake of uh, messing up in phase three uh, because of um, not regulating my uh, calorie intake and just pretty much um, thinking that my thermal gland is going to automatically set itself. And I just really didn't understand it thoroughly, and I just wanted to say thank you. I kind of uh, tuned in um, uh, kind of when you was in the middle of it, and uh, so I'd have to have a go back and listen. I know you had did the multiply, and you kind of was talking about the, um, the 21 days, and you broke it down into three weeks. Uh, and right. as far as um, as far as the calorie, um, how would you say increasement through that period of time? Could you reiterate that again? Because uh, or in reference to like for myself, I'm pretty much. Um, I mean, my goal is to lose about 60 pounds. I mean, right now. I did it in smaller increments as far as the 26th day. Really, the is, is uh, just desiring to eat and just understanding the whole emotional connection. So there's a lot going on there. But just to be brief, um, the increments per week um, has to be, once you finish phase two, going into phase three, needs to be um, how much? Because obviously from five to 600 a day, once I'm off the, the phase two, I mean, I'm I'm a big guy. I'm 200. Um, well, I'm 250, but I will be obviously once I finish at uh, right. 240 or 235. Okay. So just to give you, I just give you an idea roughly. Say that if you end at 245, your your daily calorie intake will be close to 3,000 calories, but like 2,900 calories. You would basically do uh, 1,100 calories the first week, 2,000 calories the second week, and then 3,000 calories the third week. It's almost the easiest way to do it is to divide it in thirds, but you you have leeway by 100 calories here or there. Uh, for some people, that have lower calorie count for the day. A third would wouldn't look like it wouldn't, wouldn't look like you're increasing a whole lot on your first week from 500 up, but you definitely want to make it a, a, at least a 300 300 uh, calorie increase or divide it into thirds, whichever is greater. How's that sound? Okay, so the following day you increment it a thousand calories. You don't. Oh, and you do that per day until the first week, and then you move on and you increase it by 500 increments? Or Exactly, exactly. So in your case, for example, say for your case, your end, your end calories would be 3,000 calories just for, just for mathematical sake, okay? You're going to go from 500 to 1,000 week one, week two from 1,000 to 2,000, and week three from 2,000 to 3,000. As an example, now your actual calorie intake for the day is going to be 12, you know, times 12, whatever your end weight, actual end weight is by the time you end your last day of phase two. And you have some leeway there, 100 calories here or there. So it doesn't have to be exact. But the, the premise is that you don't want to go from 500 to 3,000 in a day. So by no, gradually, definitely. By, so by doing it seven days at a time, your body is actually now getting used to the 1,000 calories. Now, as soon as you get used to 1,000 calories, as soon as it starts to get used to it, you're going to bump it up to another, you know, another increment depending on what your, your total calorie intake is for the, day, for, the, for the day. Okay, but with that, right, I mean, realistically, I'm a very active guy. I'm in construction. I, um, I do work out daily. Um, very, you know, very, I do have a lot of mass. Right. Coming off, going from 500, because I, I did realize when I um, did the protocol phase two, in the past, 
after three days, you know, then I just turned into a, you know, my body started, I started feeling like, like growling just for calories. Right. So, and, and obviously that's what led for my uh, backslide. I'll, I'll, I'll backslide. Right. And right. then I'm like, wow, you know, to do this whole thing for 40 days, even though I would get results and it would be incredible. I mean, it definitely works. I mean, that's why I'm still doing it. I'm still continuing to do it, but obviously didn't do enough research on the phase right. three. But um, my question or, or my answer, uh, question answer say, how's that going to affect my muscle mass if I'm only consuming 1,000 calories for the first week? Well, when I lose it, well, you're not going to lose your muscle, your muscle mass because you're still working out. But you definitely don't want to, you don't, you don't want to overexert yourself with while you're slowly increasing calories. But what I would do is, in those calories you're intaking, you want to maximize the protein intake, and, and your, your percentage of protein versus Actually, carbs it, and, and fruits have to be higher. So by you doing the one gram of protein, or one and a half grams to one gram of protein per body weight pound. Your max, most of your calories you're going to want to come from protein, and then the balance of them to come from fruit and vegetables. Gotcha. Lovely. Listen, man, I am so grateful. I really, uh, you're very blessed, man. I really appreciate what you're doing. And yeah, I'm glad thank I could help, brother. Thanks so much. Right, I'm going to move thank on. To, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Uh, caller, another caller, the next caller is your 703-549, area code. You're on the air. Okay, hi. Um, hi. Uh, hey, Colin, this is Victoria from Virginia. Hey, Victoria um, from Virginia. <laughs> hey. Uh, the reason why I'm calling tonight is because um, I finished Phase 2 on August uh, the 4th, and um, I was at uh, 185 pounds. Uh, since then, I have uh, dropped down to 178, 177, and... While, although I'm trying to stay uh, around that weight, I'm wondering, did I screw up by letting myself go that low? You know, instead of, you know, around 187 or, you know, 183 or something like that. I mean, I plan to do uh, phase two uh, to complete another round in uh, January. However, I'm... Right now, I'm just trying to stay at 177, 178. But I just want to know that I, you know, screw anything up by dropping down to basically seven, seven pounds, seven, eight. Yeah, pounds. and this, well, this, and this is what what happens, and this is there's a reason for the two pounds, uh, not losing more than two pounds. Quarter, the the semi protocol that when you are now in phase three and you no longer have ATG in your body. If your body is losing weight beyond two pounds over that three-week period, you're now not losing any more fat. You're actually burning up structural muscle. And what happens is when you grow up and you burn up structural fat and structural muscle, that is the first um, weight that that, that that will be replaced with fat very quickly. So what will happen is, in premise, and, and unfortunately you may experience this unless you get this thing stabilized, is that once you go back to eating normally, you'll find that seven pounds comes back really quick, really quick, because it wasn't fat to begin with. It wasn't your abnormal fat stores. It was actually your muscle and your structural fat. So, I mean, structural, yeah, it's your structural fat. So you, what you need to do, because there's, there's a few people, I actually had a few people this last week that had a similar problem in phase three where, they, you know, they say, you know, it, it should be a blessing that you're still losing weight. But in that sense, you, what you need to do is that you need to, Alter your combinations of protein, um, carb, you know, your, your vegetable carbs, and your fats to see what your body's going to react to to help you maintain your weight. It's almost like, um, you know, putting together a jigsaw puzzle with your combinations to figure out there's, there's going to be a combination of food groups. We all have one that our body is more sensitive to than others, and then you need to play with those food groups. In other words, you, instead of having you know, a lot of vegetables, one particular you want to you, know, you want to eat some good fats like peanut butter and avocado. Um, see how your body responds to that. Do you have anything to add to that, babe? No, input on that. So um, that's why you want to stay with stay within a few pounds. So did you screw yourself up? You know, like I said, we have to worry about the past. You have to go to the present. So where are you now? In uh, are you done with phase three? Yeah, yeah, um, right? Yes, I'm finished with phase three, but, um, you know, and I do have uh, some good 
uh, fats and proteins throughout the day. I have um, half an avocado every day. Um, that's one thing I really missed while I was doing phase two. So I uh, included that in my diet. And um, I have some nuts sometimes. But, but I've noticed that, and I don't know if it's from working out or uh, whatever, but I, I have gotten down to 178, 170, without even really trying, but still adding uh, yeah, food. Yeah, but let me ask you this, because this is this could be a crucial part of the conversation that we need to get. Okay. When did you lose all the weight? Did you drop the weight in phase three, or did you drop the weight in phase four? Because phase four, that's a com- that's a very common response. You actually will continue to lose weight after you in phase four, which is fine. We're talking about in phase two. Did you lose seven pounds in phase? I mean, phase three. Did you lose seven pounds in phase three? Yes, I lost it in phase three. And now you're still losing weight. Um, no, I have, um, and I, I've kind of fluctuated, but I always come back to 177, like, uh, had a, you know, went, had a big weekend, a couple weekends ago, and I noticed that it was 180, 181, but three or four days later, I'm back to 177, 178. Okay. And I'm trying, now, I'm not saying I'm not trying at that point. At that point, I'm still having my avocado every day. I still have my turkey burger. I still have spinach and tomato. I eat that. That's a a meal that I love to eat. But, um, you know, I still drink my water, and I may have a piece of candy, love, you know, a piece of candy, but I will get back down to the 177 or like, mm-hmm. Okay, let me ask you this. If you did the formula based on what we talked about today, and you took your end weight times your I changed my I use my calculator disconnected let's point your calculator um, and took the formula and did it times eleven, mm-hmm. figured out are you like are you counting your calories? Do you know how many calories you're consuming on a daily basis? Uh, during the day, yes. Yeah. On Monday through Friday, yes. On the weekends, kind of no. I mean, you're, you're actually tracking your calories, so you know what you're guessing. Because guessing, are you actually tracking your calories in some sort of calorie counter system? Absolutely. During the week, I definitely know what I'm eating. On the weekends, if I go out, I am not aware of what I'm, how many calories I'm eating. But I am very conscientious about um, having bread or something like that. How many calories are you taking in on a daily basis? About 1,200, uh, 12, 12 and 15. That's why you're losing weight, because of the fact that your daily, your, 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 base, your BMR, calorie, daily calorie intake should be about 1,900 calories to maintain your weight. So you were actually eating well, you were actually 500, you're 25% below your, your daily calories, and that's why you're continuing to lose weight, which is, at this point, it's fine. You're, 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 you're losing weight because you're not taking enough calories. You're burning more calories than you're eating. So that's how the body works once you've gotten past this point. So yeah, but like if I, you were, I'm sorry, I cut you off. Go ahead. Well, I'm saying that if you, if you actually increased your calories to the daily calorie count you were supposed to eat on a daily basis, you wouldn't mm-hmm. see that, that rapid drop in the weight. But for, for someone who needs... To someone who's going to do another phase, another you, you obviously there's, there's a goal weight that you want to reach that you're not at now, right? Right. So in that sense, you are you are doing what a normal person can do once they have corrected their fat their metabolism issue is that if you cut your calories, your body's going to drop in weight. And what is your goal weight supposed to be? One sixty. One sixty. 160, and you're 170. Yeah, yeah one, I'm at 177. Well, yeah, well, initially when I, yeah, 170, let's say 178. That's what I was this morning. And so, um, but I do not plan on doing another round until January the 1st, and I would be happy at 155, 160. So that's definitely my goal. Let's say 155. All right, well, based, I'm going to wrap it up because i got another caller here I want to get in. But I understand. Based on, the, based on your calorie intake you're doing right now, your body is doing exactly what it needs to do. And, there is, and then right now, because you have more weight you want to lose, there's no, if it's working for you, the calorie intake you're taking, and you feel comfortable with it and you have the energy, then you've got to continue doing it until you go into your next phase. It's working for you. So 
that there, there is a reason why you're dropping away because you're you're well you're 500 calories below your your or 700 calories below your met, your BMR the natural amount of calories you're supposed to take for your body size and for your body weight. Okay. So that's why well, you're experiencing. It. All right. Well, thank. You're welcome. Sorry. Uh, um, next caller is seven one nine two one zero. Hey, Colin, Jermaine. Jermaine, what's up, brother? Nothing much, nothing much. Just got a quick question, not not too long at all. Just want to clarify and make sure uh, of the um, – um, my, my main thing is fish and chicken. The uh, actual uh, – um, I get confused between the ounces and grams. What is the actual number that we're supposed to have on phase two? So I'll make sure you understand phase two uh, for the chicken or, or fish intake is how many uh, grams and, and translate that into ounces as well. Okay, well, the easiest way I'm going to answer that question for you, Jermaine, is that on the website, hcgbodyforlife.com, under HCG Food Choices, there right. is a PDF, there's a PDF um, form there that actually breaks down all the protein choices and the exact amount of ounces. So, for example, chicken I know is 4.8 ounces, but each different type of fish has a different weight based on its protein makeup. So I okay. can't just throw out the weight for fish. Each, each fish is different. So all you have to do is print out that form and stick it to your cabinet, and every time you prepare your food, you know exactly how many ounces you need. Okay. Appreciate it. Thank you, sir. All right, brother. I'll talk to you soon. All right. And caller number, uh, your uh, prefix is uh, 954-5980 is your Give me your phone number. You're on the air. Hi, Colin. It's Erica from Miami. Black Barbie doll. Hey, Erica. How you doing? Yes, I'm on. I'm so glad I got a chance to um to hear your program. It's my first time calling in. Anyway, I'm failing miserably, and I'm wondering is it because initially I mixed my HCG with 10 milliliters of bacteriostatic water as opposed to five, and so my question is. Should I start taking the HCG and begin again with the proper dilution or just keep going? Okay, but when you're, are you feeling measured because why? You're hunger? Why? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, there's there some people that have missing instructions on the web that for that is totally diluted. The best thing you can do right now, instead of 40, uh, instead of 20 units of HCG, increase to the 40 to 40, 40 to 45, which will come out to the, the same basic dosage. What happens when you over-dilute the ATG mixture to 5,000 IU should be mixed with five, 5 milliliters of water. Um, I'm not sure why people are saying 10 because it really takes your, what that does really takes your daily injection dose down to 125, which was like the original dosage that Dr. Simeon recommended 50 mm-hmm. years ago. It doesn't work for anybody that I've seen so far. It doesn't work. Even for the smallest person, I could weigh 105 pounds or 300 pounds, 20, um, uh, 200 IUs or 20, uh, 20 uh, units in a, in a needle, it seems to be the right on amount for the average person. So what you need to do with throwing out your mixture is double the dose from 20 to 40, and that should um, settle the hunger issues. And if not, stay up to 45, but there's no reason to stop. You just need to just get back on track. Okay, so the 40 units mean that that's how much HCG is that? 40 units? Yeah, I got 90 seconds. I'm going to tell you real quick. So as soon as you know how you normally go and you fill your insulin needle up to the 20 mark. Right. You're going to now fill it up to the 40 mark. Okay. Try that for two days. If you don't, if you, if you, if you feel hunger at all, then take it up to 45. Because I don't know how much you diluted this stuff. Take it up to 45. You should okay. need more than 50. You should need more than 50 at the most. But you will know right away if you're having phantom hunger versus real hunger. And, and real hunger is a problem. We talked about that in the very beginning. That's a part of the, you know, the obesity disorder that you are really hungry, and it's very difficult to maintain a diet when you're suffering from hunger. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, so stop the madness, increase your dose, and um, you should be fine. Thank you so much. Yeah, if it doesn't work, call me, okay? And we'll work out, we'll work out okay. another picture. Okay. All right, Thanks. guys? You're welcome. You're welcome. All right, we got 30 seconds left, so I just want to say the motto of, the, of today is love yourself through this protocol. It means love yourself enough to, to, to take the challenge, love yourself enough to stay on track, 
Love yourself enough to ask for help. We're here if you need it. And love yourself enough to reshape your body and reveal your true HPG body within. Everyone's got one. Get yours. Love you guys. Thanks so much for being on the call. Email me if you have any questions, and we'll talk to you next week. Have a good one. Say bye, Jay. Bye. Trying to hide the pain